other tongues. We thank you that you hear the cries of your children, Father, the rejoicing of our hearts. Father, you are well pleased to hear from us. And Father, you desire that we hear from you as well, that we hear you, Father, in the, in the quiet times, Father, of our lives. We spend time before you. We spend time with you, Father. You desire for us to hear you. Father, for you will speak. You said in your word that you would speak to us, your children, not just those in the ministry, Father, but to all who declare Jesus as Lord. Father, you'll speak to us. You'll encourage us, Father. You'll show us things to come. You'll give us directions of which way to go. Father, you still speak. In these last days, you still speak to your children. Father, you're not quiet. And you're not silent. So, Father, we will endeavor to commit ourselves and consecrate ourselves to hear from heaven, to be quiet and to listen, Father, when you speak to us as we read your word, Father. When we pray and you respond to our prayers, Father, we will listen. And, Father, if there's direction, we will yield to it. If there's correction, we will accept it, Father. If there's revelation, we will walk it out. Father, we thank you that you are not the silent God. Father, all the other gods of every other religion is silent. Those gods are not speaking to anyone. Father, but you speak to your children. And so, Father, we thank you. And we give you praise and honor for these things, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? We appreciate his goodness and kindness. Amen. Thanking him for watching over us and speaking to us. You know, he does speak. Amen. Uh, and um, uh, people say, what, what did he say? Well, one thing that you can know is he will always say things that line up with his word. Amen. The Lord will never say anything that, that violates his word, either uh, directly or by precept or example. Amen. And, um, uh, and so that's one way to judge and to learn how to listen to the Lord. If, if you believe he's saying something to you, well, let's see what the Bible says about that thing, right? Does it line up with, with, with what I just think I heard? Well, the Lord told me to leave my wife and go get my neighbor's wife. Well, I think actually the 10th commandment says, covet not thou neighbor's wife, right? <laughs> I mean, it literally says that. So I think that would be a violation of, of the word of God, amen? Uh, and so uh, there's a, a lot of things that people profess that the Lord has spoken to them and yet it doesn't line up with the Word of God. And, and uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, but that's a really an easy way. People are, how do, how do I learn to hear from heaven? Well, learn how to hear from the Word. Amen. If you learn to hear from the Word, He will always speak in line with that. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, and it's, it's something that you really can't teach, but you have to learn. Amen. You can, I mean, I, you can go through the Word of God and show where it says uh, different times and places where the Lord speaks to us. Uh, but... Uh, for you to learn that, you really have to do that in times of prayer, in times of dedication, spending time with the Lord. Amen. Uh, it's not something that happens overnight. And, um, you know, there's, and there's different ways the Lord speaks to us. And, and of course, uh, that's not our topic for today, but that's a good. And we have taught that over the years about how do we hear from heaven? How do we hear from the Spirit of God? Amen. Because he will lead us and guide us in all truth and show us things to come. And, um, you know, and if that's true, which, of course, it's true because he said it's true, uh, then you know, the Christians shouldn't wander through life from tragedy to tragedy. You know, we shouldn't just wander through life from one, I have no idea what I'm going to do today till tomorrow. I have no idea what I'm going to do tomorrow. You know, it's okay to know. Amen. Uh, now, I don't know what I'm going to do a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. Uh, but I know what I'm going to do today. Amen. And I'm not, I'm not wandering through life uh, unknown. And, and, and uh, uh, what do I do with my life? And so many Christians feel lost. They feel like, you know, I don't know what to do. What's my purpose in life? I feel so lost. Well, they're not listening. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Word of God tells you what to do. I mean, if, if nothing else, there's, there's plenty of generic scriptures, you know, that we've been given a ministry of reconciliation, for example, right? That we are servants of the Most High God. A lot of things the scriptures that tell us uh, in general things to do. And if we would set our hands to the things that we know that the Word of God says us to do, you know, then we would put ourselves in a position where the Lord can speak to us specifically about other things to do. Amen. Uh, we, we shouldn't ever be lost as Christians. We should never feel like, I don't know what to do. And, uh, uh, you know, it's not that we know everything to do, but if I don't know what to do, I go to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know what to do. Uh, and then my expectation, my faith is, 
he will reveal. You know, he said in his word in Colossians 1.9 that we can be filled with the real knowledge of his will with all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And so if you know the will of God, then, then you would know what to do, right? If the will of God says to go do that, then, then you would go do that, whatever that thing is. So if he would fill you with the real knowledge of his will, then when would you not know what to do? Uh, and, and uh, you know, a lot of Christians, well, you can never know the will of God. Well, that's in direct, uh, uh, that's in direct conflict with what the word of God says. The word of God says you can be filled with the knowledge of his will. So if you can be filled with the knowledge of his will, then can you be filled with the knowledge of his will? I know it's kind of a, uh, almost a rhetorical question because it literally says that you can be filled with the knowledge of his will. So then the expectation is we can be. Well, if we're not, then we go to him and say, Lord, I'm not filled with the knowledge of your will for this thing. What should I do? And then we would expect our faith is, well, then he will show me. I will know. Well, how do you know? Lots of times it's just, it's, you know, the, the greatest uh, place of faith is when you know without a supernatural skies parting and thunders rolling and bushes burning. Uh, on the inside of you, it says in the book of Romans about being born again, that, that his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And that's really the unction of the Lord and, and the witness of the Spirit is really the, the highest level of faith that he desires the church to be at where we, we, there's not a voice, we didn't see the skies parted, he didn't send us an email, but on the inside of us we know. And that's the witness, that's the witness of the Holy Spirit. Not in our heads where we figured it out and put a spreadsheet and column A is all the pros and column B is all the cons and you know, we add them all up, well this one's got better pros than, than, than cons, so we'll do that one. You know, that, that's, I mean, that's nothing wrong with that necessarily, but at the end of the day, you have to be open to the Lord saying, yeah, I know that's, that's not the best choice from the spreadsheet, but it's the best choice for you. Uh, and, and then if you're willing to yield to that Lord, to, to the Lord doing that, then you can train yourself about how to, how to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. But the, 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 the nice thing about it is you have an absolute, uh, you have an absolute um, standard, which is the Word of God. The Spirit of God will never violate that. Amen. Uh, and um, he will never tell you to do something that would violate love, that would violate uh, character, that would violate the truth. He will never tell you to do anything that would violate that. Uh, well, you know, go take all the money and run. Um, I know there's a song like that, right? And to take the money and run, right? Uh, that's not a Bible statement, right? Uh, and, um, you know, some, some ministers believe it. So, you know, they'll take the money and run, you know? And, and so, and there's been lots of stories like that. But, um, Anyway, praise God. The Lord is good. Amen. We appreciate his goodness and kindness in, in speaking to us and, and revealing things to us. Amen. Uh, and um, I, I'm always so appreciative of when he speaks to us. Amen. And, and when he reveals himself to us. And so let's open up our Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 5. We'll continue there today. We have been um, talking about um, the Beatitudes. And, and I was going to see if, uh, Jared, if you could pull up Matthew 5, 8 in the Amplified Version. I wanted to read uh, that part of it there. And so um, if you wouldn't mind doing that, Matthew 5, 8 in the Amplified. Um, because all of these Beatitudes start with the word blessed and they all, they all uh, it's the same word blessed. And the Amplified being Amplified, you know, um, uh, it uh, brings out more insight into that uh, particular uh, word there, blessed. And so I just wanted to remind everybody what the word blessed there means. Uh, and so it's up there. So it says the word blessed means to be happy. Well, that right there, we could spend uh, six or eight weeks just talking about, you know, why isn't the church happy? Why aren't we the happiest people ever, right? Why aren't we happy every day? If we're, if we're doing the will of God, what do we get? We're blessed. So how can we not be happy? How, you know, I mean, it's just that right there. I mean, you could just, well, you could meddle on that, meddle on that. I mean, it'd be lots of meddling, right? I mean, we could do PhD in meddling just on why are we not happy? Why are we the happiest people ever, right? Uh, and, um, uh, you know, um, I'm happy when people are fussing at me, you know, people start fussing at me. I get happier sometimes, not because they're fussing at me because, but I'm happy. Right. I had some, I told you I had somebody fussing me about how I parked one time and they're fussing at me because how I parked like, was it bothering them? It, it wasn't bothering anybody in the known universe. Nobody was bothered because I parked on the other side of the road, you know, on parallel parking rights. And, and, and for some reason that's a, that was a trigger for them. And they're just fussing at me like, I mean, and I'm thinking, what's it to you? You know, and I'm so I start laughing. And why are you laughing? Because you're stupid. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I didn't say that, but you know, I was thinking. You know, uh, but I'm happy. You know, they're fussing at me. I'm not mad. I'm not getting upset. Not getting angry. You know, because I'm still going to park. You don't like it? I'm still parking there. You know, uh, I'm going to park there if you're happy. I'm going to park there if you're not happy because it doesn't matter, right? And so, uh, uh, so happy. Are we happy? Why? Why are you happy? We're going to heaven. 
how bad could it possibly be? Amen. You're on your way to eternal destiny, spending time with the Lord Jesus till forever. How bad could it be on this earth? Right. I know I know things are I know things can be difficult and and I understand that life can be tough sometimes. But we're going to heaven. Amen. Amen. At the end of the day, if you shoot me, I'm going to heaven. Right. I'm going to get an upgrade. Amen. Well, they killed me. I'm get to be with heaven. I'm not nobody shoot me. Nobody, you know, uh, they're not trying to get there. But, you know, we can be happy. Amen. And he says, enviably fortunate, Uh, enviably fortunate. You're not just fortunate. You're fortunate enough where people are envious of you. Right. You're so blessed that people are envious. And I've had people do that over the years. They get so mad at me because I'm blessed. You know, you just got it so easy. You know, everything just works out for you. I'm, I'm enviably, enviably, enviably fortunate. That's, you know, go say that three times fast, right? Enviably fortunate. So uh, that's, the, that's the condition. Now, now, of course, we know from all of these that, the, that we're blessed because we obey, right? So the blessings come after obedience, right? We're not blessed automatically. We're blessed because we do these things, right? And so if you do all these things, all of these things lead to the same conclusion about being happy, about being blessed. We're happy, enviably fortunate, spiritually prosperous, and, you know, I, I think they really struggle with just putting the word prosperous in there. So they, so they only put it in the spiritual realm. But who created the natural realm? Well, God did, right? And if God created, who created the spirit realm? Well, God did. Well, if God created the spirit realm and he created the natural realm, which realms would he want us to be blessed in? Well, every realm there is, right? We got, we, there's three realms, right? There's the spirit realm, the natural realm, and there's the soulless realm. You reckon he'd wanted to bless us in all the realms that he created? He created them, didn't he? Why would he limit us to only being blessed in the spirit realm? Well, we are blessed because we're born again, right? That's the greatest blessing you can have is to be blessed in the spirit realm. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, in, in fact, just, just real quick, over in, in 3 John chapter 2, I think it'd be good just to read that there. Um, in 3 John chapter 2, uh, he said, blessed, he said, beloved, so he's talking to the church, right? So the, the world is not called beloved. In 3 John 2, he said, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. So that word soul is your soulless man, right? Your, your mind, your will, and your emotion. What you think, how you, how you, how you deal with your emotions, uh, that, your, uh, that your soul would prosper. But he also said that you, that you would prosper. Well, that prosper there, the first one is in the natural realm. And be in health. People say, well, you know, healing's not important to the Lord. He, he said it right there, it was important to him. If he said, it was, if he said now who, who wrote this? Well, John, the, the apostle John wrote it, but who inspired John to write it? The Holy Ghost inspired John to write it. Who told the Holy Ghost what to tell John to write? Jesus, the head of the church, right? Because he said he won't, he'll only speak those things which he, which he hears. And so the Holy Ghost is only repeating to us and as we're inspired to say or to write or to speak uh, what the head of the church is telling him to say. Amen. So uh, we can be prosperous in all areas of life, you know. Uh, and has that ever been abused? Well, there's not a single doctrine that's never not been abused in the Word of God, ever. Amen. When you go back to, you should go back and read some of the stories about uh, like the Catholic Church back in the Dark Ages, you know, the Renaissance Ages. That's just crazy stuff. You know, if you give me a bag of money, you know, all your sins are forgiven. Really? Just give you a bag of money and, yeah, no problem. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, here's a bag of money. It never, never worked, right? That's crazy doctrine. Uh, but uh, th- there's uh, all kinds of uh, doctrines that have been j- just been misused and misconstrued. But all you can do is just go back to the Word. You know, Martin Luther started the, the whole Protestant revolution back about 500 years ago. He was a Catholic priest, uh, and he got to listen. He's like, this is stupid. You know, these things are saying. And so he wrote the, the whole thing. The Protestant movement started when he went and nailed uh, these 95 theses on the church, right? Uh, 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 there was a church that he just went to. the, And he nailed them on 95 things about what they're doing wrong. Uh, and you should go read them. They're kind of interesting. You know, a lot of them kind of old English words and stuff, so we don't really know. Uh, what they mean I mean we know what they mean but they're kind of flowery words uh, but a lot of them are just you know salvation by faith only that should, that was a radical a radical statement at in the day but that's obvious right it should be obvious to us who choose to walk by faith uh, but there is a doctrine of prosperity amen and, and the Lord wants to prosper you wants you to have a full supply uh, and not just a full supply but what it, what did he tell David in Psalm 23 that my cup what runneth over so not just a full supply but an abundant supply above what you need because if you have only what you need how many people can you help nobody but if you have more than what you need who can you help anybody that needs help amen that's the lord's desire that you have an abundant supply above and beyond 
what you, what you need for your own things. And, and, and you can enjoy life, right? Because he said, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not what? Want, right? Uh, and, and, so, uh, and, and so people say, well, you should only get what you need. Well, he said you can get everything that you want. I didn't write it. You know, the Lord wrote it, and, and our job is not to second-guess the Lord. Well, Lord, that's not right. That's too much. And how many people that's too much? You ever had people say, that's too much? You try to bless them, that's too much. What's it even mean? I have never said those words. Oh, that's too much. Please, please don't bless me that much, you know. I've never said that to the Lord. You know, Lord, you, you, just, you just bless me too much. Uh, and well, in fact, well, actually, to be honest, I did say that one time. Uh, when I was, I was, doing, uh, I was doing contract uh, programming one, uh, for many years, uh, and um, I, I kept getting busy. I, I never made a phone call to get business, you know, for, for, my, for my work. People just called me. Uh, and, and one time I, I was just complaining. I got too much work to do. And the Lord said, don't ever complain about my blessing you. Uh, yes, sir. You know, because that's, that's really dumb to complain. Lord, you're blessing me too much. I, said, I just can't take, I can't take it too much, right? Uh, and so, uh, so, you know, the, the, uh, full disclosure, I did complain about that once, about being too prosperous. Uh, he said, uh, possessing the happiness produced by the experience of God's favor. So do we have God's favor? We do have God's favor, right? Uh, the one definition of grace is God's unmerited favor, right? Favor that was not earned, that was just given because of God's kindness. So uh, we have, we possess the happiness that's produced by the experience of God's favor and especially conditioned by the revelation of his grace. So the favor and the grace that go together, regardless of their outward conditions. So uh, that's, just, that's all just the definition of being blessed. And that's the way he wants us to live every day. Uh, and, and if we do what he says, right, because he said, blessed are you if you do these things, right? So it's not just blessed because, you know, today's Tuesday. You're blessed if you do these things. So as you stay in the will of God and do the things that he tells us to do, you get these things. It's, it's a pretty good deal, right? It's not, a, it's, not a, it's, it's not unreasonable for the Lord to bless us, amen? Uh, and uh, if, you say, if you tell me, well, I'm never blessed, well, then you just hold off on yourself because is, is the Lord going to uh, watch you and you do the things he tells you to do and then forget to bless you? Yeah, I, sorry, I, just, I, I forgot. I know you've been perfect over the last six months, you know, but I have, just hadn't gotten around to it. You're on my list, but I'll get around to it maybe in the fall sometime. Uh, no, if, if you tell me you're never blessed, then what you've told me is then you're not doing the word, right? Because if you, if you do the word, do you get the blessings of the word? I mean, that's kind of how it works. It's a contract, right? He's, who's writing this? The Lord Jesus is speaking these things. Did he choose to write these things down? I mean, he, he chose, these are the things I want you to know. This is a contract I'm making with you. This is a covenant. A covenant is a contract. This is a covenant. If, I, if you do these things, I will bless you. And if you don't do these things, I'm not going to punish you. I'm just not, I'm not going to bless you. You're just on your own. And a lot of people, that's fine. I'm on my own. Why would that so dumb, right? People say, I don't need religion, you know, it's just a crutch, you know. It's like, you know, I feel like I'm a fairly intelligent human being. And I think, well, why wouldn't everybody want this deal? So, if I, so you're telling me if I, just, if I just do these things, you will bless me to the point that I'm enviably prosperous. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, then, then I'm going to get started today, right? But I ain't doing that. Fine dummy don't do it right be on your own you know struggle through life and 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 slog through life as best you can i mean people think oh, i'm smart enough you know i can i can handle it or you know I, i'll tough it out <clears throat> why would you tough it out why would you go that route you know uh, that just it's it just such so, it's so exhausting for people to live that way to see them choose to well i know i can do this but i'm going to choose not to do this and i'm going to be on my own and and the lord's just like why do you do, you know? I mean, I, I, you ever try to bless somebody? No, I don't want anything, right? No, I'm going to give it. No, I don't want it. And you think, what's, what's wrong with you, right? Uh, and so uh, that, that's, that, that's a pretty good deal. That's a pretty good contract. You know, all of these, you know, if you would read the word of God as a contract that the Lord makes a, make, makes a promise, a written promise, that's a contract, right? And then he signed it with his blood, right? He signed it with the blood of Jesus uh, and, and he sealed the contract. It said, this cannot be changed. It's irrevocable, right? It's, it's this way till forever, right? He said, he said uh, that uh, he has placed his word above his name. That's how important the word of God is. And everything in the word of God is a contract with us as human beings. If we do these things, then he will bless us. So is there anything wrong with being blessed? No, but, but so much, so many people in church, you know, oh, you know, you just, and it's just people that, that 
they missed the very first part about being blessed with happy. When people are unhappy because you're blessed, that, that, that's wrong. That's messed up, right? But how many people in the church are unhappy because you're blessed? They use, you know, look at all the stuff you got. You got, you got all the stuff, you know. And, and just, well, let's see, that's the, the, then they're envying me, right? Because they're not mad at me, because envy is not, not just mad because I've got it. They, they're mad because I've got it, and they, sh- they think they deserve it more than me. Uh, and so that's, uh, that's messed up, right? Uh, and so we got down to, uh, uh, to, verse, to verse 10, blessed. So all those things we read earlier about what blessed means uh, goes along with this verse as well. If we do this verse, then, then we get the blessings, right? So he said, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. So anybody excited about being persecuted? If you are, you're messed up, right? We have therapy for that. Nobody should be excited. I can't wait to be persecuted. Nobody should be looking to be persecuted, amen? Uh, and nobody should desire to be, I, I want to be persecuted more than anything else. Nobody says that, right? Uh, well, a few people say it, people that aren't, aren't quite right, you know. But so, so you got to balance, I, I'll be persecuted. Now, what do you, what do, you do to, to get persecuted? He's, what's he say? For what? For what reason? For righteousness' sake. So right, righteousness is just living for the Lord, doing what the Lord says to do, right, in his word. So if you do what the Lord says in his word, what's going to happen? Two things are going to be happening. Number one, you're going to be blessed. And number two, you're going to be persecuted. That sounds like a pretty tough deal right there, right? Well, who's going to do the persecution? Not the Lord, right? Because he said he's going to bless you. He's not going to, people, oh, the Lord put me through all these, you know, trials and tribulations, you know, uh, put me all these difficulty. The Lord's not persecuting you. The world is persecuting, right? The enemy of mankind is persecuting you. So uh, uh, which one is going to be uh, better? Persecution or blessings of the Lord? Persecution from the world or blessings from the Lord? Well, surely the Lord can weigh out, bless us, than our persecution, right? Because people are like, well, I don't want to be persecuted. Yeah, but, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about that, just a little bit more about that in a second. But if you're persecuted for doing what the Lord wants you to do, but the Lord blesses you, aren't you still ahead? You're still ahead because if you don't do what the Lord wants you to do so that you're not persecuted, then you don't get the blessings of the Lord. So which one's a better deal? Blessings with persecution. I mean, that's, uh, you know, nobody, anybody want to be persecuted? I can't wait. No, nobody wants to be persecuted, right? Uh, and, you know, of course, in, in the world, in, in our country, we're persecuted mostly by uh, the social area, right? Well, we're not going to talk to you. We don't like you. Wow. I mean, that's it? That's all you got? You go over, you know, you go overseas, they'll cut your head off, right? If you say you're, the, you're a Christian, they'll kill you, right? And bury you in the backyard, burn you alive. I mean, you know, it's tough. I mean, in other areas, but in our country, the persecution is, you know, we're going to say bad things about you, you know, and that's actually the next verse, but uh, uh, in, around the world, the persecution can be serious, right? But even if they, if they did kill the people, where do they go? They go to heaven, right? And so, and the Lord has a special place in his heart for, for the martyrs, you know, and, and of course, the one thing that you need to make sure is don't, don't desire to be a martyr. I want to be a martyr more than anything else. Some people have this weird, you know, they want to die for the Lord's sake. The Lord would much rather you live and do his work on the earth than die and go to heaven where you're not of any value on the earth. You're no value to the earth if you're dead. And the Lord doesn't need more angels in heaven, right? People go to funerals, all he needed more angels in heaven, so he killed them. The Lord doesn't need more angels, and you don't become an angel anyway. You know that, right? You're just a human being. You're always going to be a human being. You're never going to change class when you go to heaven. You're going to be a human being in heaven. You're not going to get wings, right? You, you don't you sit on a cloud. You don't gain a lot of weight and become a baby. You're just, you're just, you're just a human being, amen? Uh, and, and your goal, your, 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 your uh, responsibility is on this earth to help the world get into the kingdom of God. That's it. That's all, all the reason why you're here. And so that's no value. You can't do that in heaven. Amen? Only the people on the earth can help other people get to heaven. Uh, and so, yeah, there, there is persecution. If you, live righteous, if you live a righteous life, you will be persecuted. If you tell people you will not lie, you will be persecuted. If you tell people you will not cheat, you will be persecuted. If you tell people you won't you know, sneak around on your spouse, you're going to be persecuted. Amen? If you say, this is sin, you're going to be persecuted. Amen? Now, we don't have to be mean about all those things, right? Uh, the, the hardest thing the church has is to not get mad when the world sins. You ever notice when church gets mad because the world sins? I saw them sinning. I can't believe they did that. But they're the world. What do they do? They're literally called sinners, right? Uh, that's what they do. That's their job. Amen? 
Our job is to show them there's a better way. Amen. Uh, and don't ever get disgusted when you see people sin. I saw, I saw these two boys holding hands. I just, I, I couldn't even handle it. I had to leave. You mean you didn't pray for them? You didn't, you didn't go and witness to them? You didn't tell them how much God loves them? It just grossed you out? And I know it is gross because men are gross any, anyway, right? But still, uh, you know, uh, where's the love of God? The love of God should have compassion because we know that left unchanged, that was gonna, that's going to harm their life. Any sin left unchanged, uh, un, unrepented of, will harm your life. Amen? Uh, and so our job is to be here. If I'm blessed, I can go in and talk to people like that. Not going to bother me. You know, I get cooties. There's no cooties. There's no such thing as cooties, right? We knew, we, we knew it was a scientific fact when we were in kindergarten. But when you grow up, you realize there's no, there's no actual thing called a cootie, right? I, is there a cootie? There may be a cootie, right? I don't know. There may be a thing called a cootie, but there's no really... The way we, the way we thought about it in kindergarten, there wasn't a thing, right? And so, uh, but uh, our job is to walk in the love of God, amen? I'm not going to get cooties from people. Uh, and, and, and so, uh, but, but, you know, if people say, is this wrong? Is this particular sin wrong? Is this, or they won't say it's sin. Is this particular action wrong? Sure, it's wrong. Uh, no problem, right? Whatever it is, right? I mean, you homosexuality, you know, transgenderism. I mean, just, you know, it, it's like, it's like, uh, it seems like today that transgenderism is, is contagious. I mean, it's like everywhere all of a sudden. Like, what, what in the world? But, but see, the compassion of the Lord will rise up. You know how many lies they got to listen to to become a transgender person? You know how many lies that the devil has been speaking to this person that, all, all these years? And, and, and the confusion that they've got to live in their mind it's got to be just, uh, in fact, they tell you that, that uh, tra- transphobic people, or not transphobic, but transgender people, have the, higher, have the highest level of, of uh, suicide attempts because of all the confusion in their mind. Uh, and it's not because they're trying to find out who they are. They already know who they are, but the devil is lying to them. And so the compassion of the Christian church should be, we've got to help them. They're messed up. They have severe mental issues. That, the, that from a spiritual standpoint, that the devil's lying to them. The, now, it's still gross, right? It's still, and it's sad that we see that, but the compassion of, of your heart should be, Lord, there's help for them. Now, look, if they don't want help, fine, you know, no problem, right? But there are people who want help in that area, amen? And it's not conversion therapy, you know, it's not a, it's not a psychological thing, it's a spiritual thing, amen? But it, but it, and that's the way the world always goes. It, you, it, it doesn't matter what the sin is, Someone's going to find out a way to elevate that sin, right? Whatever the sin of the day is, people are going to promote it and, and say this is the best thing since sliced bread, and, and it's not, right? It's, it's crazy talk. Uh, but, so, so, uh, but if you say that's wrong, you'll be persecuted, right? But you're going to be blessed too, amen? Now, again, you don't have to say it's wrong with the desire to harm somebody. You know, you say it's wrong because... Uh, what's the example that Jesus gave to us in John chapter 8, but the, the woman caught in the very act of adultery, right? Is adultery wrong? Is adultery ever okay? Never okay, right? Never okay. Uh, well, I, I have needs. You're still wrong. Uh, and so she's caught in the very act of adultery. What did Jesus say? Go and what? Sin no more. But before that, just before that, he said, uh, neither do I condemn thee. Go and what? Sin no more. So what did he call the adultery? He called it a sin. He didn't call it a need or an urge or a mistake. He called it a sin, right? But he said, I'm not going to condemn you. But don't go do that anymore, right? Uh, when he, when he uh, went to, in John chapter 5, when he went to the man at the pool of Bethesda, uh, and, and he said, uh, will you be healed? And, of course, the man said, I have no man to put me in the water, you know, and, and that's not what he asked him. He said, do you want to be healed? And he started complaining. It's everybody else's fault, right? You ever seen people like that? Uh, hey, how's it going? It's their fault. You know, I didn't even ask you, you know, it's not the question I asked you, but it's their fault. Uh, and so, uh, will you be healed? Uh, and, and so he, Jesus healed the man. And he said, he said, go and sin no more that a worse thing doesn't come upon you. So his sin, sickness was rooted in his sin. And the Lord healed him. Uh, had compassion on him, healed him. Went and found him out. He went, Jesus specifically went there in John chapter 5, go find this one man. Passed by probably hundreds of people to, to get to this one man and to heal him in his sin, uh, and, and then the man became a follower of Jesus. Amen? Uh, and so we need to find that balance of compassion without approval, amen, and without, without condemnation, but still say right is right and wrong is wrong. If we can do that, we'll be on the same path Jesus is on, right? 
if we're stand, if we get up sending everybody to hell for every little thing, but but usually it's we're sending to hell, sending people to hell for every infraction that we're not committing. Because if it's one that we're doing, it won't be on the list. But if it's one that you're doing, it'll be on the list, right? And so uh, that, that's what you that's what you'll find. Oftentimes, people pick sins that they're not doing, and that one will send you to hell. But this one over here, well, you know, I'm doing that so that won't send you to hell. You know, it may get you you know in trouble from the Lord, but not too bad. Uh, so let's find the balance of, of the Lord, amen? We can still say right is right and wrong is wrong, amen? Uh, Ezekiel prophesied that you know, there will be a time when people say right is wrong and wrong is right. We're living that t- day right now, right? I mean, it's the craziest thing. Do, do these things, that, well, that's perfectly right. That is not right, amen? And there's a whole list of things. Not one thing in particular, it's a whole list of things. Uh, so uh, if, if you will do what the Lord says, you will be persecuted. If you live the way the Lord wants you to live, people will persecute you. Amen? But will you be blessed? You will be blessed. Amen? Uh, and that's what he says. So that's a contract. Uh, I want you to live right. If you live right, I will bless you. Uh, where other people envy you to that point, where other people think, wow, I, I, wish, I wish I could live like them. And, of course, anybody can live this way, right? Is this hard? not really that hard you know you, you're empowered by the holy spirit to live this way you've got the word of god to live this way you've got the grace of god to live this way it's not hard people think it's just hard it's so, it's so hard to live a righteous life easiest thing in the world easiest thing in the world people it's not hard to live for the lord the the, the only reason it's hard is because it's conflict inside of you you want to live for the lord but you also want to live in the world you know and live by the world's methods and you want to live by the lord's methods that's when it becomes hard because the conflict is in your heart and once you get rid of that conflict, once you get rid of that conflict of, Lord, I'm just going to live for you. I'm going to do right, say right. You know, if, if people persecute me, I'm not going to return evil for evil. I'm just going to live for you. That's a good way. And he said, you will be enviably prosperous. That's a pretty good deal, right? Uh, and so, uh, and, and that's something that we can live for. I mean, that's something that, that's something that we can do. So let's turn over to 1 Peter uh, chapter 3 real quick. So now one, one thing that you'll find is no matter what the church does, the world tries to jump on that same, band, same bandwagon and, and act like they're the church without the church. So just like, you know, is the love of God a true doctrine? Agape love of God's true doctrine, right? We should walk in love. Well, the world will say, well, love is love. Doesn't matter what you love. Well, it does because, you know, we're going to love the way the Lord instructs us to love, right? The world says, shut up, church. We're going to redefine you, Right? We don't want you to tell us what's right and wrong. We just want you to feed people and clothe people and shut up. Don't say anything else about anything else, right? Yeah. And so, but the world loves to jump on the same, uh, the same ideas of the church and then twist them for, for their benefit. Uh, and so here we are in First uh, Peter chapter 3. And so this is really a repeat of what the Lord said there in Matthew chapter 5. He said in verse 14, but if, but, And if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are you, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. So that's, that's a good point for us is uh, if you're persecuted, don't be afraid of it, right? I'm so afraid somebody's going to, you know, persecute me, harm me. Uh, he said, uh, first of all, just like Jesus said, you're going to be happy or blessed. And, and don't be afraid and don't be troubled by it. Um, and, and so uh, you've got to be careful about that, right, to, to not live in fear of persecution. Because, again, if you're persecuted, you're blessed, right? The Lord will bless you. But in, this, in the same book, uh, in, over in chapter 4, just one chapter over there, he says in verse 15, he said, But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. So is there suffering that can occur because you're a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or a busybody? Sure. But it's not persecution that uh, will result in you being blessed, right? But what happens a lot of times in that word evildoer, just somebody who does evil, right? I mean, that's kind of an obvious definition. So what does that encompass? Basically anything that's not righteous, amen? Uh, and so how many times does the, word do, does the world do evil and then uh, the church will say that's wrong and say, oh, we're being persecuted by the church. We're being persecuted by the church just because we said it's wrong. And what are they doing? Well, they're, they're trying to hijack the fact that, that uh, when they do something, they get persecuted. Well, we're just like the church. You do stuff and you get persecuted, so we're doing stuff and we're being persecuted. So we're just like, no difference. Well, there's a big difference because you're being persecuted not by me. I'm not going to persecute you. In fact, 
if you are smart, there's no need for us to persecute the world. The devil will take care of that all on his own. Amen? There's no need for you to persecute the world for their sin. The devil will kill them on his own if he can. Amen? Uh, and so we're, we're, when we start persecuting the world for their sin, we're just jumping on the same bandwagon as the devil. We're connecting and hooking up with the devil. So it's not our job. But he, but he wants to make sure that... And, and I've seen Christians even just do things wrong. And they say, I'm, just, I'm persecuted all the time. People are just always on my case. Why are they on your case? Well, you know, I lied this time. I cheated this time. I stole that time. And people are just always on my case. I just feel so persecuted. Well, that's not the church. That's not the Lord doing it. Uh, it, it it's your own sin. Amen. But, but the world will do that. The world will try to make themselves to be just like the church. See, we're just, doing, we're just trying to live right the best we know how, and people are persecuting us. Uh, and that's what they're doing with all the sin today, right? In the world's sin today, they, somebody, somebody gets aggrieved because of their sin, and it gets on the news. Look, they're persecuting these people, you know, that are just trying to live right. Well, the devil's persecuting them. We, we ought not jump on that bandwagon, amen? We ought to be like the Lord Jesus and not condemn people. But we can still say it's still wrong, amen? Uh, it's okay to say th these things are wrong. So just, just make sure that if you are ever persecuted, that it's not because you shot yourself in the foot. Amen? And, and a lot of times people will, you know, just people are always just, just always on my case. Well, why? Well, because I'm a liar, right? Well, I'm a cheater. I'm a thief. Well, that's not, you're not living for God, right? That's not, that's not uh, as a result of you living a righteous life. It's just a result of you being in this list of people right here, right? Uh, murderers and... Uh, and um, uh, of course, he said that in, in verse 14, but if you reproach for the name of Christ, happy are you. Uh, and so again, if you're reproached or persecuted because of the name of Christ, then you can be happy, amen? Uh, and he says, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. So just know, you know, the Lord has a special place in his heart that anytime the church is, is persecuted, he said that the spirit of glory and the and spirit of God rests upon you. Amen. Uh, and so, so yeah, it's, it's a tough thing, right? Uh, and just uh, real quick, turn over to uh, Acts chapter 5, and we'll just look at uh, one example here of where they were persecuted. And what, what was their, what was their uh, reaction, right? Uh, in Acts chapter 5, let's turn over to uh, uh, verse 40 and get over there. So this, this particular message is full of joy and gladness, right? Aren't we excited to get persecuted? No, no. Anybody want to be? No, don't be looking for it, right? Your goal is to focus on being righteous. Amen. Your goal is, is to focus on, on doing what the Lord wants you to do. Uh, and um, uh, it, so, so this is the story here. The apostles kept getting trouble because they kept preaching, you know, in the Lord's name. Uh, and so they kept arresting them. And then here they get down to uh, verse 40. Uh, and it says, and to, to him they agreed. And so they're just talking about what went on before that, about agreeing that, hey, we probably need to leave this whole Christianity thing alone because it could be of God. Uh, and so one of the sane uh, uh, Pharisees spoke that and said, hey, you know, this could be of God. We've got to be careful. And to him they agreed. And when they had called the apostles they, and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. So were they persecuted for living a righteous life? They were speaking in the name of Jesus, weren't they? Uh, were they beaten? They were beaten, right? Uh, and they were commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus. Of course, did that stop them at all? Didn't stop them at all, right? Shouldn't change, your persecution shouldn't change before or after, right? Is, uh, they just went and did the exact same thing, didn't change a lick at what, what they did. Uh, but, but see, they rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer for the, name, for the shame of his name. Is there shame that comes along uh, sometimes with living a righteous life. Will the world shame you? Sometimes the church will shame you. I can't believe you also, you know, you just think you're all that, you know, and, uh, and they try to shame you for, for doing right. And, and I remember even when I was with my pastor, certain people, you know, if you didn't do certain things, they would shame you. You just think you're just better than everybody else. And, 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 it's, uh, and they try to use that emotional uh, persecution to, to get you to change your path. Uh, and they didn't change their path at all. They just kept on right on going, right? And, and we're glad to do it, you know? Now, we're not looking for it. We're not glad. Lord, I can't wait to be persecuted. That's not our goal. That's crazy talk, right? But uh, if it happens, Lord, you know, uh, the way I would see it is, well, Lord, I'm glad they persecuted me as opposed to hurting them over there. 
because I've got the glory of God, right? We just read in First Peter, I've got the glory of God on me. So I'd much rather than persecute me than someone else, amen, you know, because I can handle it, right? I'm not looking for it, don't want it, not, not, not signing up. Is there a sign-up list? I'm not signing up any list anywhere, but uh, I'd much rather than persecute me than someone else, amen? Uh, and so, so you know, it, it's, just a, it's just a thing that, uh, um, uh, that will happen, amen? You live a righteous life, somebody's going to persecute you. And, and just like right here, is this the world persecuting them? No, it's, it's the people of God persecuting these apostles. You know, it's just as likely that you'll be persecuted by the church as you will be persecuted by the world. It's unfortunate that that's true, but it's true, right? If you go back and read the Fox's Book of Martyrs, the majority of them were persecuted and killed by the church. Not because of, uh, of they do anything wrong, but they would, you know, we're saved by grace only. Off with his head, right? We, we don't buy our forgiveness to the gallows, right? You know, uh, and just boil them in hot oil. In fact, the, uh, the, the uh, tradition tells us that John the Baptist, they, they put him in, hot, in, a, in, in a pot of boiling oil to kill him. Uh, and they didn't kill him. He lived. And so that's when he ended up being on the island of Patmos, right? They, they, well, all we can do is let's send him away then. Well, they sent him away, so, but they couldn't kill him. So it's going to happen, right? It's unfortunate, but it's going to happen. Uh, if you live a righteous life, amen? Now, if you don't live a righteous life, well, then, you know, uh, I'm glad I never get persecuted. Well, that, again, that probably tells on, on you, right? So let's go back to uh, Matthew chapter 5 there. Uh, and, um, and then the last one, very similar to, but, it, but the, 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 it's a little different here. Uh, in Matthew chapter 5, it says uh, in verse 11, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Uh, so uh, now before it's, you know, because we're living a righteous life, but now this is just being a Christian, right? For my name's sake, right? Just being a Christian. So you're not even out preaching anything. You're just, you're just a Christian because you're a Christian. They're going to revile you, right? And the word revile means disgrace or abuse or be the object of disgrace or shame. So, and they're going to say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Now, remember what we read in First Peter, make sure that it's falsely, right? Well, well, they're stealing people's money. Are you stealing people's money? Well, yeah. Well, then, you know, that's not falsely, right? That's true, right? You know, so don't be stealing people's money you know, in the church. Uh, and uh, so these things should be false, right? If they're speaking all manner of evil against you and it's true, well, then that's, you know, that's, uh, that's got nothing to do with this, right? But if you're not doing anything wrong and they speak all manner of evil against you anyway, uh, then Jesus said, uh, you're blessed. Amen. Uh, now, again, you don't return evil for evil. But he said, rejoice in verse 12 and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven. So now in, you know, in, the, in the previous verse, uh, you get the kingdom of heaven, which we read that that's the same blessing as you got in the being poor in spirit, the kingdom of heaven, which is just all the blessings of the Lord that are available to us here on this earth. But he said also that when, you, that when you're uh, persecuted and reviled and they say all manner of evil against you, you have a great reward in heaven. So when you're living for the Lord, you're not only getting blessed here on this earth, you're, you're setting up for yourself a reward in heaven. So that's a pretty good deal, right? So it's not just uh, on this earth, uh, it's also in eternity, amen? Uh, and so, so we just... Uh, in, in fact, uh, let's see what time we got. Oh, yeah, we got plenty of time. So let, let's turn over in, um, well, we've got several places we go. We're in Matthew. Let's turn over to Luke chapter 6. So uh, does anybody like people talking about them? I love when people talk. No, nobody likes that, right? Nobody likes uh, being talked about. Amen? I, I told you a, a small uh, thing that people talked about us because... Uh, uh, Chris and I had, had bought some property, and, and somehow it made it all the way to the, to the city council, right? And we got, uh, they found out that they bought that, who bought that property? Uh, and, and they said, well, it's so-and-so. You know, they mentioned my name. It's so-and-so. Well, who's that? Well, you know, he pastored that church down there, you know, down, down on, the, on Market Street. And, and one of the dinosaurs on the, on the uh, uh, city council said, oh, them rich preachers, you know, you, they're all just getting stuff, you know. And like, did, did you all buy that property on my behalf? 
the, the church, you know, you all they have nothing to do with it, right? It's just my money. None of your business is going to do my money anyway, right? Not that you care, but uh, rich preachers, you know. So what was he doing? He was speaking evil of me. Had I done anything wrong? Falsely, right? Had I done anything wrong? No, it was illegal. I didn't lie, cheat, or steal anybody, uh, anything at all, right? Uh, and so, I mean, to me, that's such a, it's such a minor blip, right, of uh, uh, people speaking, saying all manner of evil against you. Now, the thing you've got to be careful about, see, if this moves you, if, if when somebody speaks against you, if that moves you and changes your, your, your actions, see, then you're easily moved. Amen? You know, I can't believe they said that about me. So what? What did God say about you? You got a reward in heaven. Okay, so, so I did this, and I'm going to get a reward in heaven. But you said this against me, but because you said it against me, I get a reward in heaven. So why should I be upset when people say something against me? Well, you know, they're going to think bad things about me. Yeah, but you get a reward in heaven. If you live for the Lord, you get a reward in heaven, right? Yeah, but they, but, but they, they, said, they said it in public. It doesn't matter, right? So you've got to get to the point where it does, just doesn't matter what people say, right? I mean, and that, that can be a tough place to get to sometimes, but you've got to get to that point where it just doesn't matter, amen? And, and so, so uh, Jesus said here, because, because the alternative is uh, we would get to a point where we make sure we line our lives up where nobody speaks evil against me, right? Where nobody says anything bad against me. Is that their goal? Because uh, be, I'd be careful if they, yeah, that's my goal. Nobody, you know, people only say good things about me. Well, let's see what Jesus said about that, right? Because Jesus had, a, had something to say about that in Luke chapter 6. He said in verse 26, he said, Woe unto you when all men speak well of you. Man, that's, that's my goal, right? Is it, is it, is it your goal now? I've got to take that off my list, right? He said, For so did their fathers to the false prophets. So, uh, the, the, the thing you've got to be careful about is you don't have a... See, some people have a goal is I want people to say bad things about me. I'm going to be rude to them. I'm going to stick my thumb in their eyeball every time, chance I get. I'm, I'm going to just, you know, call them on the carpet. I'm going to call them a bunch of sinners and, and, and be mean to them all the time. You know, and, and they're going to speak evil against me. Some people are just that way, right? They're all the time, you know, they're, they're instigators, right? They're all the time intentionally trying to get you to say, say something evil about them thinking that that gets them rewards in heaven. Well, no, uh, being unkind to people does not get you a reward in heaven. Intentionally provoking people for no value. I know sometimes the prophets will do that, you know, and sometimes, I mean, sometimes that just rises up in me. I'll just go, you know, like, like the lady mad at, mad at me parking, you know. I went and parked the same place the next day just because, you know. Uh, and, you know, sometimes, you know, it just gets on you, right? You can't help it. But, but, uh, but, you know, you don't go around just trying to harm people, amen, with the, with the desire to get them to speak evil of you. Uh, and because that's messed up, but some people have that mentality, and I, I know people, Christians, that are that way. It's just like it doesn't matter what environment they get in; they're always trying to instigate some argument, always trying to get people mad at them, or they're always just trying to cause a fuss. That, that's not the rewards in heaven uh, that the Lord desires for you to have, Amen. Yeah. Uh, and so, because He said it's for His name's sake. In this case, it's be, just by being a Christian. This is what should result: not you going stirring up something, Amen. But the other side is. I want to live a life where nobody ever says anything bad about me. Is that your goal? See, neither one should be your goal. It shouldn't be a goal. My goal is to get people to say bad things about me, or my goal is to get people to never say anything bad about me. Both goals are wrong, right? Your goal is just live for the Lord and just let whatever comes, comes. Amen? Your goal is just do right. And if people say bad things about you, man, that is your problem, not mine, right? Uh, and, and uh, you know, someone just not long ago said, well, so, you know so-and-so? Yeah, well, they hate you. They said that to me. They hate you. I'm like, that's not. I mean, if you could see in my heart how little I care, I mean, just, it's just like flatline, just beep, you know. I mean, just, I, I could care less. You don't like me. I just, it, I mean, I really just could, couldn't care less. Just not at all. I mean, you know, because I'm thinking if, if you don't like me and separate yourself from me, that's your loss. You know how much I could help you? You know how much value I could add to your life? And it's not just me. I mean, I think people add value to my life, amen? So I'm looking for people to add to my life all the time. But I had somebody, I went out to lunch with them one time, and they said, hey, did you do so-and-so? Now, I've known this person for years. And they should have known I would have never have done that, whatever that is, right? Uh, did you do that? No. Well, so-and-so is telling everybody that you did. And they said, 
and I'm thinking, I, I don't care. And then they said, well, you need to call them and tell them that you didn't do that. And I said, are you kidding? I said, there's no scenario in this world where I will ever call somebody and tell them to think the correct thoughts about me. Because especially if they're a Christian, you know who could, they could ask? They could ask the Lord. Lord, did, did, did Pastor do that? You know, he'd probably tell you, no, he didn't do that, you know. Now, you know, he, he's not a gossip, right? Because he won't, Pastor, what did he do? That's none of your business, right? But did he do this or that, right? I mean, you could ask the Lord. And so, you know, if you're a Christian, or, or you could just, I know, I know this is just, just crazy talk, right, to say this, but, you know, you could just ask. You could just ask me, Pastor, did you do that? You know, someone quit coming to church because they, they told somebody else in the, in the church, said, I, I don't go to church. Why not? I'm pretty sure Pastor's smoking. I'm pretty sure he's smoking. Well, uh, uh, smoking, yeah, smoking. Uh, like, you know, like a cigarette smoking, right? Uh, and so, not smoking hot, right? I mean, you know, I, hang on, you see smoking hot. That's never been said, right? <laughs> but if you want to start that rumor, that's fine, right? That's a different, that's a different, that's a different rumor, right? We're going to get back on track here. We're going to get way off track really fast. Uh, but they, they, he's smoking cigarettes. He's smoking cigarettes. Yeah, I, I can't go to the church. I mean, you're, you're lying. What, what's worse, right? I mean, you're gossiping. You know, gossip is a much worse sin than smoking ever has been, right? I mean, smoking would kill you and make you smell bad, but, you know, gossip makes you smell bad in the realm of the spirit. You know, uh, and, and uh, you know, devils won't even be around gossips, right? And so, uh, so but did she ever ask me? Uh, I told you that's a she, so now you know it's, okay, we're down to half, right? So who is it, right? We got it down. Uh, and so... Uh, uh, did she ever come and ask me, Pastor, do you smoke? You know, I, I mean, not that it matters, but I've never even, I've never even taken a single drag of a cigarette all my life. You know, I mean, my, all, my whole family, long line of smokers. I mean, I've got secondhand, thirdhand, first. I mean, I've had so much, been around so much cigarette smoke. It's probably firsthand smoke after a while, you know. Uh, and, uh, but it won't ever hurt me. Uh, but I just, you know, I thought, this smells bad. I mean, as a kid, I thought, this looks, seems stupid, right? Because, you, you know, as a kid, I could read. You know, have you ever, anybody been able to read? You, you look at the cigarette packet, it says Surgeon General, right? This will kill you dead twice, right? I thought, well, why would you do this, right? It, it says it's going to kill you. And, and, yeah, I think I'm going to do it anyway. I mean, I don't know. Now, like, I'm not, if you smoke, I'm not mad at you. No, it's between you and the Lord Jesus, right? We can pray for you and get you, get you some help there, right? But uh, so, so what did she do? She spoke all manner of evil against me falsely. So she's spreading rumors that I smoke. It's like, I mean, that's it. That's all you got on me anyway. I mean, yeah, I wasn't like stealing candy from children or anything like that, you know, but he smokes. I can't believe he smokes, you know. Yeah, and, and so, uh, uh, but it's gonna, is it going to happen? It's going to happen, right? Now, are we, do we desire this to happen? We should not desire this to happen. We should not look for this to happen, amen? We should not try to get this to happen, amen? If people are speaking evil against you, you shouldn't try to get, try to get that to happen. But it will happen. If you, if you are a child of God, uh, it will happen. Amen? Uh, and, and be careful about the, the warning there in Luke 6, 26, about woe unto you when all men speak well of you. Amen? Now look, you will find people that will speak well of you. Amen? Some people will speak well of me. Uh, some people will not speak well of me. Uh, and that's the balance, right? That's always going to be at the balance. Amen? You're never going to have... If everybody is speaking bad about you, you know, you might want to be concerned, right? Even your own people in the church, yeah. I mean, everybody in my church hates me, right? That wouldn't make any sense, right? I mean, uh, but uh, hopefully we would never get to that point, right? Uh, but it's going to happen, amen? But is there any value in living for the Lord? He said you get uh, that, that uh, in, in, verse, um, uh, in verse 10 there, he said uh, you will get the kingdom of heaven. And in verse 11, he said and get the kingdom of heaven on this earth, right? Because that's where, that's where we get it, it's on this earth. We, we didn't go through all the scriptures there, but, uh, but uh, if you live for the Lord, you'll also get, have a great reward in heaven. So on the earth and in heaven, if you live for the Lord, there's blessings and there's increase and there's value in living for the Lord. Well, people like it. People will hate it because you live for the Lord. People will not like it that you live for the Lord. Amen? People will not like it that you don't live like they live. But you're blessed. You are enviably, enviably prosperous, right? I'm going to have to come up with a better word for them than that because it's uh, tough to say, right? Uh, right? Enviably prosperous. Uh, and so uh, I think it's a pretty good deal. Amen? I think it's a great deal. Uh, to me, I just, my desire is to live for the Lord. Come what may, 
you know, it doesn't matter. People talk bad about me, I could care less. You know, people love me, you know, and in one sense, you know, I say the same thing, people love me, I still care less. I couldn't care less because I'm not doing it for the accolades of men. I'm not doing it for your approval. I want to live for the Lord. Amen. If you like it, praise God. If you don't like it, praise God. It's the exact same response in my heart. Amen. Uh, I'm going to live for the Lord, period. And that's the end of the discussion, right? I'm not trying to make you happy. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to, to, to uh, only speak wonderful things. I'm not trying to just speak things that just cause your hair to curl every day. I just want to live for the Lord. Amen. Uh, and that will make un- some people unhappy. The world, the church, some people are going to be unhappy about that. That's the deal. Amen. Are we willing to take the deal? Is it okay to take the deal? It is because you, you get blessings. You get rewards on the earth, rewards in heaven. I mean, it's a pretty sweet deal, I think, right? It's a contract. The Lord wrote it, signed it in blood. It's a contract. If you do it, you get these blessings. Amen. Uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we thank you uh, for your word. We thank you for your kindness. Blessings, Father of heaven. We thank you, Father, that, that you're good to us. And Father, we thank you that it's of great value to, to serve you. It's of great value to live for you. It's a great value, Father, to do as you instruct us to do, Father. And Lord, as your children uh, that you've brought into your kingdom, it's a great honor to serve you, Father. And if along the way, Father, people are unhappy, people persecute us, people say all manners of evil against us, Father, we will rejoice uh, and glad, Father, that we'll be counted worthy to suffer for your name's sake. We, we don't desire it. We don't look for it, Father. But if it happens, we will rejoice, Father. We will not be sad. Uh, we will not allow our emotions to overwhelm us, Father. We will rejoice uh, because you said great is our reward in heaven. And so, Father, we thank you for that. Uh, and, Lord, we thank you that you'll show us as we live for you what we should do, what we should say, Father. Our, our goal and desire is not to provoke. Uh, our goal and desire is not to harm, Father, but to live only for you. And as we do that, Father, we thank you that according to the contract that you gave to us, Father, that we will be blessed. And we thank you for that, Father. We give you all the praise and all the honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise God. Um, uh, let's see. I think I saw my friend Tracy come in there. Mr. Tracy, um, I was in, in Gatlinburg this week in, in the service, and the Lord started speaking to me about you. Uh, and he wasn't gossiping or anything like that. He doesn't, he's not a gossip. We just talked about that. Uh, but um, what's that? I know, I know. Uh, he wasn't gossiping, though. Um, but he would like me to pray for you, if that's okay. You came in at the last second. I mean, you know, you had about... I mean, if five minutes later, you might have missed it, you know, but uh, I'm glad you're here. If it's okay, I'd like to pray for you. Uh, will, we, will we come up here? Let me pray for you. And, of course, you know, I know a, l- a little bit about, you know, we've had some conversations about things going on in your life. Um, but this is what the Lord, uh, you know, sometimes he'll speak to you. Sometimes he'll show you things. But, uh, but what he showed me just, you know, in your life right now, it's just like, uh, well, it's like a, uh, not a hairball, but like you ever seen like string and yarns all, th- all knotted up, twisted, you know, big mess, right? Everything all tangled up and twisted and, and just confusion everywhere, right? Just a big mess. And that's what I saw. Uh, but, you know, just, just like with the disciples, and he showed me the story with the disciples when they were on the boat there in, in Mark chapter 4, they, where they went to the other side and all the great storm, right? Remember the great storm? Yes. Uh, but it wasn't because of their sin. Right? It wasn't, they didn't bring the great storm on because of their failures. It was just life, right? It was just part of them living. Uh, and so, uh, and that's what he showed me in your case. You know, this is, you know, because you've been searching your heart, Lord, what have I done wrong? Where have I missed it? Where have I, where have I sinned? Where, and it, it, it's just life. It's just, you know, it's just part of where you're at right now in this moment. Uh, but then he showed the, the next thing. What did the Lord Jesus get up and say? All of that. That, that circumstance and he said peace be still right and, and you missed the song we, uh, now I didn't tell Chris this did we speak, sing a song called peace be still this morning see you just you have to go back and listen to the song now you got homework right? you got to listen to that song uh, and so um, but that that song was for you peace be still and, and that's what he wants me to pray for you to you, the anointing of God the power circumstances back lined up where there's peace in your life, where tomorrow there's peace, or the day after tomorrow there's peace. 
Uh, and sometimes that can be done just by the power of God. Jesus did it just by speaking to it. Amen. Uh, and so the power of God can help you in that. Amen. Is that okay? Uh, well, praise God. Well, let's pray. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, you said, peace be still. So, Father, I declare peace upon this life in the name of Jesus. And these circumstances and situations, Father, that are against your will, Father, that are causing confusion and, yes, and chaos, Father, in the name of Jesus, we speak to them. Peace be still. Be aligned with the will of God. Be in order by the power of God in the name of Jesus. And, Father, I thank you that this day things turn around. This day things start to line up with your word, Father. And peace is lived each and every day. Father, all of us go through the storms of life. But Father, when the Spirit of God rises up, we speak to the storms of life, commanding to be still and to be quiet in Jesus' name. And Father, just like in your word, you said there was a great storm, there was great peace, Father, by your anointing. And so, Father, we declare it to be so. We thank you, Father, that it is so. And we give you all praise and all honor and glory for these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Amen. Well, the Lord is good. Amen. Uh, well, let's get ready to receive uh, this morning's uh, offering. And um, I just had it on my heart. I wanted to read a verse here out of Deuteronomy. And um, we'll see if we can find it here. It's in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And um, he said, um, uh, this is... Of course, we don't have time. We preach this whole thing, right? But um, Deuteronomy is, is Moses' last dissertation to the nation of Israel before they go over to the promised land. And, of course, he, he doesn't make it, right? He has to die before he goes to the promised land. But he's speaking to them, and he says it, uh, in verse 10, And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities, which thou buildest not. Does the Lord desire to bless you? to give you great and goodly cities which you did not, did not build, and houses full of, uh, full of all good things uh, which thou fillest not. Does the Lord desire to give you good things? He does, amen. And wells dig which thou diggest not. You know, digging a well was a big deal back then, right? Uh, a huge deal. Does the Lord desire to bless you? He does. Vineyards and olive trees which you, you did not plant. Uh, does the Lord desire to bless you in every area of your life? He does. When thou shalt have eaten and be full. So verses 10 and 11, the Lord desires to bring good things into your life. Amen. All of us, good things into your life. Things that you didn't even do, he wants to bring into your life. He said, but then he, then he balances that out and says, then beware. So it's a warning. Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Uh, you know, I have seen this exact scenario play out in so many people's lives where they're broke and destitute and struggling and suddenly the Lord prospers them and blesses them. Uh, I can't tell you how many people have walked through that door and without a job and, and just broken and nothing and then by faith we hooked up with them and, and helped uh, believe God to get stable finances and stable lives and they're gone. They're just gone. Living for the world again. And, and, and what did they do? They forgot the Lord. They forgot. The, the Lord desires to bless us. Beyond measure. Amen. City. Wouldn't you like to have a city? What city is that? That's mine. That's, that's my city. Not just one. Plural, right? Cities, right? Uh, cities which you didn't create. He desires to, to bless you. But he said, don't forget him. Don't forget who did this for us. Amen. Who has blessed us with all the finances that we have? The Lord has. Amen. So don't ever forget him. Amen. Always be glad and thankful that we have the opportunity to give. And so... And I know you all do a great job, I know, uh, but it's still a warning because what if you doubled your income tomorrow? Would you stay with the Lord? I'm going to get me a houseboat, and every Sunday I'm going to be on the water because yeah, everybody else is in church. I'm going to be on the water, right? Uh, I, I, people do that. They get double blessed, and then they forget the Lord. Amen? Uh, and so, uh, so it's a warning. He, uh, uh, he encourages us. I want to bless you more than you could ever imagine. Just don't forget me. Amen? Because if you don't forget him, it, it, there's a never an end to it. Amen? Uh, and so I just wanted to encourage you with that. So come ahead, Mr. Jared. We just call this offering blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. We thank you for your faithful giving. And, and I did want to make one correction. I know uh, a, a few weeks ago I had said maybe a couple of times that, uh, you know, this church has always been prosperous and this church has always been prosperous. And, and, uh, but I said the church has no debt, and that wasn't actually correct because 
um, the, uh, when we did the roof, we, had the, we financed uh, part of the roof uh, on 12 months, same as cash. So we actually do owe $28,000 on the roof. And if we pay it for, which we will, if we pay it before next June, there's no interest on it at all. So we do technically owe $28,000 and change. Uh, and so I just want to let you know that because I don't want to be uh, in error in saying things that aren't true. Uh, but um, will we be able to pay that off uh, before next June? Sure, no problem. We won't have any trouble paying it off before next June. Uh, and, um, and so we're thankful for that. Uh, all right, praise God. Anything else? We good? Uh, we'll be blessed. Have a wonderful week. Don't forget we have healing school today at 3 o'clock, and you're dismissed.